What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Questionable for Sunday. Back after a one-week hiatus. Hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. Connor was out doing whatever mischief he was up to. No one wanted to join me on the pod, so uh, a nice break for the listeners. But we're back again. I gotta say, right off the bat, uh, it's embarrassing for us, Connor, to have to come on. The last time we did a podcast, Chris was 0-10. We come back to question for Sunday. Back-to-back wins against yourself and and me he's two and ten now what the fuck is going on dude he's uh he's on a hot streak you know uh he got some thanksgiving turkey inside of him and his team's going off um i do think that uh it's been pretty apparent this year that your teams are like the exact opposite and the fact that through 12 weeks that is accurate is crazy uh 10 games winning slash losing streak and then two games skid or uh rise from the ashes you know, before the I predicted Chris would make the playoffs break his what however many years streak since he's been in. I don't remember the last time. I have to look go through the the annals of history to look. Right, right. But uh, I don't I don't think it's gonna be this year, but uh if only we had Joe here to go through annals. It's for real. Uh but we got a special guest joining us today. He was uh you know, great accomplishments for for him the last couple of years. Two years ago our total bowl runner up. Last year, the Topo winner, we have Curtis joining us back on the pod. Welcome back. What's up, man? Yeah, I liked, I, thank you. I, I liked your intro there um, to the last couple of weeks, the, the trend with Chris's team. I think what you're glossing over there, the trend with your team as well. Two losses in the last two weeks, mirror image of Chris's season. I think we should just stop this podcast right here, forget it even happened, throw it away, and just continue the uh, the good times for the rest of the league restore justice to the EIG. You know, Eric ah. is always talking about how he doesn't give the respect that he deserves and that everyone always trashes on him and he's the best that ever was at fantasy. But let me tell you what. I've had some pretty trash teams while doing the podcast. I deserve the respect to go on every week and have to deal with fucking Eric's bullshit and then try to talk about my team as if it's decent, even though everyone knows my team sucks. Massive cock. You know, Curse's team, not he's a, he's a playoff contender this year. He's a championship contender this year. Uh, it was a slow start for your team. Things kind of weren't looking good early on. I feel like these last four or five weeks, like your team is hitting its stride. Things are on the up and up. How are you feeling right now? We're two weeks left in the regular season. Where are you at right now? I'm, I'm in an unfamiliar place from the last few seasons, you know, I'm making deals to, to be a playoff force, right? We'll, we'll get into the, the deadline trade. Um, actually, one thing I do want to mention, I was so stoked to be invited on the podcast with the trade deadline, you know, what would obviously be a hot and heavy conclusion to the EEIG trade window. And uh, unfortunately left with an absolute dud of a trade deadline. It's a, uh, it's, it's, you know, we should just call this the MLB from the last few seasons. That was absolute hot garbage. Um, I tried to tried to pimp out the Erickson brothers on the Discord, talking them up. Um, didn't work. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we got a lot of people who seems to suck, so they're probably just like, "Well, why do I? Why should I make any trades?" Like, I mean, you could ask Connor about that. Um, but one, another question for you now: uh, We mentioned last year, Topol winner. Taking on the last place punishment this year with a Whittle Strange, our conspiracy segment. Um, 
how is that how's that process been going i feel like uh you know the episodes have been super quality so far um what's it been like for you to take on uh this year's challenge um you know i th- i think the league might know myself better than i do uh because you know a lot of these these conspiracy themes have really resonated um you know i've 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 been on the record as a as a bitcoin uh believer in the past and then all of a sudden aaron Rodgers comes out as a fucking bitcoin believer it is it is truly oh, uncanny oh, so, and, oh yeah. yeah well that too i mean you you all heard it uh you know liking big johnson's or however i splice that up uh, fun fact behind the scenes to to tear down the third wall that was a sound clip of him saying Johnson and Johnson. That was the only clip I could get that, <laughs> that, that even remotely resembled anything phallic. Uh, yeah, he would try done. to not say phallic words, wouldn't he? He's so deep in the closet. He, he knows the media's out to get him. Mm-hmm. That He made that very clear. Uh, and, and the woke I, mob, I to, dude. The woke yeah, mob dude, is I, I gotta commend anti-Johnsons. He was he was coming after you guys. He's obviously listened to question for, questionable for Sunday, hitting the top of the uh, the shitty fantasy sports analysis charts. And uh, <laughs> you know, you guys have made a name for yourselves. I commend you. I do have to uh, really quickly mention something that uh, you know, it's one of those things that we go on this podcast and we just spoo bullshit, and uh, idiots listen to us. Which when we love our audience, you know, they support us through Patreon and buying Badonk Bidets, don't get me wrong. Um, but sometimes people in the league give back. And uh, I gotta call I gotta give you a quick shout out, Curtis. Uh over uh Thanksgiving I was in Spokane, Washington, uh, which is an unfortunate part of the country. And after a couple beers, I ended up telling my brother in law that Aaron Rodgers likes girls with high cheekbones. And that maybe it's because he's actually a homosexual, um, and I think that blew his mind. So thank you, because that was that added piece of evidence really pushed my theory over the edge. It hits home. Yep. There's there's really no disputing it. I mean, it is he either is in love with supermodels or dudes. Right. And I mean, we all know it's 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 dudes. Definitely dudes. Definitely yeah, it's got to be dudes. Yeah. Yep. Eric, you still have a chance. To yeah. But fucked by Aaron Rodgers. I mean wouldn't mind it uh but curtis it's it's we're glad to have you on <laughs> have you on we got a lot to get to today as you mentioned the trade deadline passing now so gotta wrap up everything that went down there this season quick question uh, if you're well a gay some, guy and you get a vasectomy can you give someone aids because you can't come or do you still come uh you still come i don't I don't know about the aids part it's a good question yeah eric maybe you can speak on this a little bit i'll let you know uh as an AIDS patient and a future vasectomy owner, I don't know. I don't know what you call it. Participator. I can let you know. Oh, your tubes aren't tied yet. Oh, I'm sorry. Hm. Yeah. What do you think? I'm just going to like fucking black market vasectomy. Still ovulating, I see. Yeah. I'm practicing the big A, abstinence, which is what Connor has been doing for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's review everything that happened in a wild week twelve. Chris, one hundred forty eight point four points over my lowly ninety seven point six. Well, we can gloss over that one. Connor, let's go to Connor's game. Connor played his boyfriend Tristan. Uh, Eighty four point two points for Connor. That okay. was if me... you're if you're wondering if you're playing a game at home, that wasn't enough points to win. <laughs> uh, Tristan scores one hundred ten point four. 
Uh, Joe was our second high scorer this week against Hovey. A little bit of an upset here. 151.3 to 70.4. He stops the dominant force that is Hovey's team. Uh, Jerry uh, gets zero points from DK Metcalf on Monday night. But uh, JD McKissick with 20.1 is enough. Gets the job done. 146 to 135.9. AMAC snaps his losing streak and beats Jordan. 133.3 to 107.1. And Curtis with a convincing win over Spencer. 155.7 to 109.2. Curtis are our high scoring team of the week. Um, Connor, I'll start with you. Anything you want to shout out from week 12? Yeah, um, I want to give a quick shout out to my boy, uh, Little Bidet Squirts. Uh, just for just for the record, he's not my boyfriend. Um, because if my boyfriend actually heard that, he'd be pissed. Um, but this week in the Discord, Tristan uh, added at me and said, interesting strategy Connor has going playing his quarterback two versus defense. Um, and I wanted to commend him that that is an accurate assessment. That is not a good idea. Uh, unfortunately, though, sometimes when your team is bad, you have very few options. Uh, so Tua was playing the Panthers. And actually, if you looked at some of the, the rankings for defenses, Panthers were kind of high up there. And Tua is the only fucking quarterback I can play in that spot. But shout out to Tristy for keeping uh, the Discord alive. Love it. Yeah, a combined 13.2 points between your second QB and your defense. So that worked out swimmingly. Yeah, it was terrible. The Dolphins killed the Panthers, and yet Tua did nothing. They ran the ball the whole time. So it was literally the worst outcome. So shout out, shout out, Miles Gaskin. Shout Yo. out, Miles Gaskin. Go dogs. <laughs> Gotta love Curtis, the Wildcat. Curtis, what did you, what did you uh, what would you want to highlight this week? Um, you know, I really didn't pay much attention outside of my own matchup with Spencer. I was too busy roster baiting about um, again justice being restored to the balance of the league. Um, really, really strong performance from my team. Uh, I do love Hovey scoring seventy points. I love to see that. Um, I think he's the the strongest team. I think it, it, we'll get into this. It's it's up for debate, but Hovey with with CMC is just absolutely terrifying. And uh, finally, he's been brought down to earth uh, with the rest of us mere mortal mortals. Yeah, I mean, I was I don't have a highlight. I feel like the low light of the week is all the injuries. Like you, I mean, CMC goes down. We said on the last podcast, Hovey's favorite in every matchup going forward. And the CMC injury that this, I mean, he's still got a good team, but this totally derails like what, mm-hmm. what was, you know, probably the league favorite. Um, Debo well, Samuel Spencer's goes out. Spencer's the league favorite, let's be honest. Spencer is the team by far. Spencer's team, I mean, he's had Kyler Murray and Hopkins been banged up every week. Uh, Amari Cooper is unvaccinated. He's missing games. Nick Chubb, Cream Hunt banged up. I mean, look at everybody's team. Everyone's got multiple injuries across the board. And uh just want to, you know, mention that Jerry was too scared about switching to Superflex and bumped us down from one IR, two IR spots to one. I feel like everyone could be using those two IR spots right now. So just wanted to, you know, poke one at Jerry one more time. Uh, my league nemesis here. You know, Hovey, Hovey called out Jordan as his league nemesis minus, minus Jerry. So Dude, another, sh- another shout out to Hovey, though. Starting Mark Ingram in his flex, yeah, how non, many, did not suit up. How many, if I remember correct, that was the late Thanksgiving game. At that point, how many Coors Lights and shots of Jack was Hobie deep uh, Dude, by the time that game slipped? Seven. I mean, seven might be a little low. I mean, uh, at the time, at the time, I was like, uh, I was with Joe for Thanksgiving. I was like, 
Dujo, you caught a huge break. That might be the difference between you winning and losing this matchup. It obviously ended up not mattering at all. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I was like, damn, this could be this could be huge. Hovey's but, reeling. Uh, he's, he's not on his game. This yeah, is, and on top of it, he loses CMC. Everyone else's opportunity yeah, to hop on. Um, no, Glyph, I don't think we have any have any nuggets here. I don't know. Do you, got any, you got any nugs, Connor? No nugs uh, in Portland. Uh, what about Bellingham? Sorry. Uh where do you live? Burndale, 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 dude. Shout out, shout, shout out, Jake, Jake Locker. Locker. Hell yeah, he's a local local legend, as you uh, as you might as you might imagine. Uh, I used to work out at his gym. It was pretty sweet. Guess what it's called? It's called the Locker Room because he's a fucking genius. And uh, that's get, all I have to share there. Injured, I don't know what the Hurt is. Locker. The Hurt Locker. Yeah, I probably should. Yeah. No, I don't know what a nug is, so. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a hard pass on that. Oh, you have a nug at home, man. How was the first Thanksgiving as uh, being a father? Oh, it was great, dude. Fatherhood is extremely fun. Um, yeah, you know, and I I can see that everybody else had pretty good Thanksgivings too. I see Tristan out in Hawaii right now, probably yeah, snorkeling. Yeah, dude, it, it looks like he's having the time of his life. I just gotta say, so am I. You know, he's snorkeling with um like tropical fishes and reefs. Um, and I am dealing with a flooded crawl space. So like we're, you know, I'm getting my snorkeling opportunities too, just a few degrees colder and, uh, with a few more drowned mice than Tristan. Um, he's probably also, you know, having amazing, passion, passionate sex with his girlfriend. And I convinced my wife to have sex with me the other night. So, you know, <laughs> nice. we are, we're pretty much the same. Tell me about father. Let's have a discussion that Connor just, you know, has no clue what's going on. What, what is, you know, how are you taking on father? What's been the, your the biggest surprises? What's, what's, you know, shocked you the most? Tell me, tell me a little bit about the fatherhood journey. Well, I kind of started with uh, the starting point of not letting my son know anything about the EEIG or its members, just to like fully steer him away of this path of you know, despair and depravity that we're all down. Um, but other than that, it's really just like keeping another little being alive. And uh, it's a lot easier than you would think, but also a lot more terrifying than you would think. So that's kind of where I am with the whole journey. Now, have you uh, actually gone to all of your computers in your lovely Ferndale house and blocked Podbean on all the browsers? Because I don't know if you know this, but we're no longer on iTunes. I saw that we'd been delisted. It's a... Uh, <laughs> You know, media cancellation is a big deal these days. And Woke mob be, will come for us. Dude, we should be looking for a decentralized application as an alternative to Podbean. Um, you, you know, know Dorsey stepped down as Twitter CEO. You know, we're probably going to need to be next. And if you wait for my Whittle Strange podcast this week, uh, you'll see why. Ooh, we should go on Parlor. You know, I think the only reason that Aaron Rodgers came on Questionable for Sunday is because he knew that we were on iTunes. True. He knows which way we uh, we slant politically. Thanks to Jordan. Thanks to Jordan. So Otto, so Otto doesn't know anything about the EIG League members. Is that, is that what I'm hearing here? I, I hope that's the case. I mean, unless there's been some kind of infiltration into the the Whittle household here, <laughs> I, I hope he's blissfully underwear of uh, the rest of you retards. He's, I'm the only I'm the only one that he should have to contend with. Yeah, Cal got to meet Uncle Connor over the summer. That's over true. The summer, she had a good time. Yeah, uh, babies are babies are pretty fun though. But I would definitely, Curtis. Just uh, I would just a little PSA though. Uh, don't introduce Otto to Joe. 
Just don't do that. Dude, speaking of injuries, dude, Kayala's on the fucking injury report this week. Today. Uh-oh. ACL? I don't know, dude. She, we had to take her in for x-rays today. Oh, she man. had, oh, wow. had an, an injury going down the slide at the park today. Uh, negative? So, uh, x-rays were negative on the feet, the foot, the ankle, and the leg. But I would say her status for returning to the park this week is doubtful. <laughs> she's questionable for stun- Sunday? No, she's, 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 she's questionable doubt- for she's recess. Doubtful this oh, she's, did she go head first, like uh, diving into a pylon or like describe? I don't know. I wasn't there. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I'm serious in a second. An hand, absent but... father. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. But uh, yeah, she was banged up on the couch today. There was a lot of TV watched on the couch after she got home today because she was immobile. I don't know if you've introduced Otto to TV yet. Uh, uh, we tried not to, but he is very <laughs> like inherently attracted to all bright moving objects. Yeah. So I don't. There's think all these studies work. that are like, don't introduce kids to TV until they're like two years old. But what I have to say is that the people who wrote those studies clearly don't have kids because yeah. there's just sometimes where like you, you need a moment and the TV is just what has to go on. Mm-hmm. I feel it. Enough about fatherhood, because, you know, Connor's just over here just... I mean, I think we're going to lose him soon. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out the whole sex thing. It goes inside. Fuck. Yeah, I mean, if you want to be a, a league champion, a real man, if you want to be... you know, this, I am a league champion. League champion. Curtis will be yep. a league champ. You know, Curtis can be league... A father is going to win a league championship this year. It's going to be me, Curtis, or Ben. Ooh. So if you want to be a league champion this league, you need to fucking... Have some nut raw up. dog. Either nut up, have some raw dog sex, and spread your seed. So I'm challenging all you other fucking condom using pussies out there to be a man and put it in there raw. I will say, as an alternative, you know, as uh, on the conspiratorial slant, an alternative to condoms is just the pull out method. That's what I learned in Catholic school. <laughs> All right, enough about sex. This fucking fantasy football podcast. Let's get into it. Uh, we got a, a a live in the flesh segment of a Whittle Strange. We're excited to hear this one, so let's get to, let's get right to it. The media has been more than a Whittle Strange in their coverage of Ghislaine Maxwell's affairs since arrest in 2020. She was a well-connected socialite and daughter of media mogul Robert Maxwell, but is best known for her close association with financier and convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. Epstein. I still don't get that right. Maxwell is accused of participating in deceased power broker Jeffrey Epstein's international child sex trafficking operation with heavy implication, facing a litany of related charges including two counts of conspiracy to entice minors to travel to engage in illicit sex acts two counts of transporting a minor with intent to engage in criminal sexual activity, one count of sex trafficking a minor, one count of sex trafficking conspiracy, two counts of perjury in efforts to conceal her and Epstein's efforts, demonstrated by a pattern of dishonesty while under oath. Furthermore, her life and association serve as a remarkable hub for a web of popular conspiracy threats including the Illuminati or globalist elite, Pizzagate, the murder of six-year-old JonBenet Ramsey, and generally all things related to media manipulation and distraction of the greater public. You can do your research on your own time. Digging into the opening statements of the Maxwell trial, I began to realize a pattern of behavior that made me uncomfortable. Not because they pertain to the premeditated act of procuring underage girls from the sexual, for the sexual pleasure of a man in a position of influence. No, 
because they sounded quite familiar to the acts of our beloved podcast co-hosts. All right, boys, we're going to get real. Tell me which one of these statements. Actually, no, I'm changing that. Connor, I'm going to I'm going to copy and paste over a couple of a couple of excerpts for you to read. You're going to read them. Okay. These are actual quotations from the first day of the Galen Maxwell trial. Please read the first paragraph there. All right. <clears throat> the defendant was the lady of the house. She imposed rules. Employees were to hear nothing, see nothing, say nothing. There was a culture of silence. That was by design, the defendant's design, to get the girls to touch Epstein or Stein. They used the cover of Massage. The all I hear when you read that quote is the following. The defendant was the co-commissioner of the league. He imposed the rules. League members were to hear nothing, see nothing, say nothing. There was a culture of silence. That was by design. The defendant's design. To get to the bottom, to get the bottom feeders to trade with Eric, they used the cover of potential punishments. Go ahead and read the second paragraph. He sometimes penetrated. The defendant helped Epstein find those girls for so-called massages. They lured their victims with the promise of a brighter future, then destroyed their lives. The defendant was jet-setting in private planes. What I hear, he sometimes penetrated. The defendant helped Eric find those guys, so-called bottom dwellers. They lured their victims with a promise of a brighter future and destroyed their playoff ambitions. The defendant was sitting with a mediocre record. If it's not clear already, I'm leveling the accusations that Eric and Connor have idolized Jeffrey Epstein and Glenn Maxwell for years and have replicated similar power dynamics within the EEIG as a means to groom certain members for their own financial and rosterbatory gains. Myself included, as I was brought into the EEIG in 2014 along with Connor as a presumed easy mark. Further evidence for my claims. The sudden disappearance of Mitchell Gellhouse following multiple bottom half finishes and replacement with Tristan, perennial bottom dweller. Now, obviously, Mitchell knew something or was going to blow Eric's cover of perpetual abuse. And therefore, Eric straight up puppeteered Connor into dismissing Mitchell from the league. Furthermore, replacement, back-to-back last place finisher Hayden, I believe that was 2013 and 2014, with AMAC, whose track record speaks for itself. Eric's position of relative power as founding member, podcast host, and additionally the family ties. Epstein, 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 thank you, had a sibling, Mark, who also, it is well documented, got boners when he pooed, and had a severe case of podophilia the official terminology for a foot fetish. Pod, podophilia, podcast. Mind blown. Is that true? Podophilia is is a foot fetish? Found it on Google like 30 minutes ago. Damn. (laughs) What a coincidence. Connor's repeated encouragement of Chris flying in the face of all that we know to be true. 
Amac's rapid withdrawal from lead communications the instant he realizes his victimhood at the hands of our podcast co-hosts. Also, I do want to speak to the severity of the crimes. Like Maxwell, this abuse has been carried out across state lines. I believe Amac lives on the East Coast, or at least did for a, a time. Also against underage victims, the EEIG having begun in 2009 when most league members were 17 now, I will level with you. There is evidence to refute these claims. Connor's last place finish in 2019 being uh, utmost among them. But I contend he got off light with the punishments, which has since escalated. If you were to paint yourself on the inside of this cover-up, this is exactly how you would do it, is take the easy loss the first year of the punishment and skate by from then. Additionally, evidence refuting these claims, Eric is not always able to consistently trade rape his groomed members. They do fight back, which gets him off. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, your defense. I mean, uh, I, I got to speak to my lawyer first before uh, we before I get into anything. Yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, officially, uh, no comment. Um on these uh, gargantuan allegations against outstanding members of our communities. I think you just have to look at me and Eric's track record. Um, we're both great guys. Uh, between the two of us, we average one child per person, and uh, we're both white, so we're both good people. Exactly. I, think, I believe that is the same defense that will be leveled in the official Maxwell trial I'm, here. I'm playing my uh, white privilege card. Exactly. Uh, also, you know, you, you'll count on media cover-up and manipulation to keep the honest plebs in the dark. Um, and also, yeah, reference your, your outstanding social status as, as faces of the EEIG, which obviously goes a long way. Uh, but like I said, you know, in some of these opening statements expert excerpts, um, league members were encouraged to hear nothing, see nothing, and say nothing. And uh, the time for that is is at its end. So uh, EEIG members, not on this call. It's time to rise up. You got to commend. I guess got to say you got to commend the Questionable for Sunday podcast for covering the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. Because you know, like you said, the the mainstream media. No, CNN isn't talking about it. I mean, the only person who probably knows about it is Jordan because he's watching Fox News. That's right. I came across his uh, alt-right Twitter profile while I was doing my digging, and uh, he knows a lot about it. So shout out, Jordan. Shout out, Jordan. Another another great Will Strange live alive version. Uh, the first time we've had a, a live last place punishment. And not the last. Ooh. Not the last point occurs so commend you for that one uh we teased it earlier in the pod the uh the trade deadline has passed 10 a.m this morning was the trade deadline um so we're gonna kind of look through all the trades that happened this year there's quite a few i don't know if you counted up the number connor uh uh i have the number somewhere give me a moment uh, well as connor gets into it goes to the number 16. here 16 like 16 to me I don't know if that beats what we had last year. I feel like last year was the most we ever had. I feel like it seems like there was more this year than than any year. So um, we'll just go with that. Um, 16 trades. Yeah, actually, uh, I thought about looking over uh, last year's trades, 17 trades. I, was, I thought about looking over it, but I think I'll save that towards the end uh, for the yearly review. Um, 
because I uh, I kind of have some stuff pulled from last year. Either way, the trades were uh, early and often. They started right off the bat, uh, right after the draft ended. Uh, I think we're missing one on your your post, your Connor. Uh, Spencer oh, and Joe, yeah, I trade. Right. I, uh, yeah, 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 I think eight, it's 18. 18. So, yeah, Spencer uh, and Joe okay. had a trade right at the beginning. It was, I think I remember it was like Joe Mixon and Aaron Rodgers and some random Did receiver. Got dropped. It might have got deleted. I think it got deleted. Everything got deleted. Everything. Russell Gage. Can you guys press Control Z? The Everything down here got deleted. Oh, yeah. I also had that was probably me. Well, stuff. Piece of shit in there. Just undo. There we go. There we go. All right, it's back. Okay, but it was a uh, Mixon and Aaron Rodgers for Debo, Russell Gage, and Tyree Kill. Yep, this was a pretty big trade off the. I was like minutes after the draft ended. Mm -hmm. Joe had drafted horrible receivers, so um, he made the immediate upgrade. Um, got rid of Rodgers. Rodgers was a big QB two upgrade for Spencer, and obviously Joe Mixon is back on Joe's team now. But you know he's been great this year. I think like I saw something earlier, like the last like four weeks or something like that. He's been like RB two, RB four, RB four, and RB two. He's been killing it. Um, I feel like it's kind of hard to analyze these trades now because a lot of these players have moved on to other teams in multiple trades. Guys have gotten traded multiple times. Yeah. So in this particular um, trade, Joe Mixon and Tyree Kill uh, were also traded additionally. After yeah, that, so it's hard to tell. And um, Debo Samuel was his also Debo, trade. Right, he was right. the last the last trade. So you know these guys have moved on to different teams. So I I think it's kind of hard to say Joe won the trade or Spencer won the trade. At this yeah, point. but if you were just looking at the but, absolute value of the players, I actually think it's pretty fair. I mean, I feel like mm -hmm. Debo has been pretty good towards the end of this year, which really raises his value. Um, yeah, Debo's been a top and, wide receiver. Mixon's been a top running back. So Rogers, it seems pretty fair. I think yeah. the thing with Demarcus Robinson, people had high hopes. Um, when uh, Sammy Watkins left the Chiefs, someone's going to have to fill the void. Turns out no one will. I also think people had Russell Gage pretty high up, uh, getting like basically the slot um, start in Atlanta. But honestly, those guys have kind of been uh, useless. So it seems pretty fair. Yeah. Our next trade also happened shortly after the draft. It involved Curtis. Uh, Michael Carter and Kenny Galladay left Curtis's team, and he took on Kadarius Tony and Miles Sanders. I feel like Kadarius Tony was like, he was dropped by you soon after this like trade. Immediately, right? yeah. He was not thought of to be a guy who was going to contribute this year. Obviously, that changed. Um, For like my, two weeks. Yeah, yeah he kind of went back yeah, to... He's been injured now. He's been banged up. Yeah. Yeah. The Giants have been horrible. Michael Carter, early in the year, wasn't doing much. Then kind of oh. came on uh, like the last few weeks, and yeah. then he gets injured. Yeah. Um, Kenny Galladay hasn't been good. The Giants I feel like horrible. Kenny Galladay and Sanders are the same experience but at different positions it's like you convince yourself every week to start them <laughs> yeah and they put up like mediocre points i was talking with joe about this before the pod like <clears throat> sanders no touchdowns on the year but somehow has had like a stretch of games where i've probably started him every single week of which yeah. he's put up like six or seven points which won't kill you right <laughs> and obviously like i've done pretty well for myself but it's it's enormously frust frustrating, right? To like yeah. have that every single week. He's not losing you really any weeks, but he's definitely not winning you any weeks. Exactly. And you're kind of hoping him to be a guy who every once in a while has those big performances. Especially yeah. you know the way the Eagles were running the ball when he was out, he when he was injured. You thought when he came back, like okay, he's going to be the guy who's takes advantage of this. And now with their strong run game, 
um, gets it done. And he get he got hurt last week again in the game. I think he missed a little mm-hmm. bit of the game. I think he's going to play again this week, but he's obviously banged up. It's yeah, been a frustrating uh, season. Well, the issue was they didn't. Ha- it wasn't their strong running game. The problem was they just weren't running the ball with him. Seems like the yeah. first couple of weeks they just like never gave him the ball on the ground. Now the Eagles finally realize who they are, which is they're uh, they're a Jalen Hurts RB two basically team. You have an RB one who's playing running back. And you have Jalen Hurts as well. Just don't ask him to throw the ball. It's working. Then out. there's there's those weeks where their running backs were doing good, but he was out. Like mm-hmm. Boston Scott and Jordan yeah, Howard. Kenneth Gainwell had a good week. Yeah. Kenneth Gainwell had a, they were all those guys were scoring touchdowns when Sanders was injured, and he comes back nothing. I I kind of wonder if Miles Sanders just isn't good. I think that's the only consistent explanation. Yeah. For this do we season. think that? Do we think? That, I mean, honestly, he he's been so good previously. He's is a league it possible that he's that. asymptomatic? And is actually having some COVID-related long, issues. long COVID. He could be a long. He long. was asymptomatic at first. Now it's long COVID. Mm. Oof, watch out, long COVID. The COVID. You gotta watch out. I'm, but I mean, for Curtis, for you at the time, you had Jonathan Taylor. You really didn't have any other running backs after him who you thought like I can really count on these guys. So making the trade to get Miles Sanders at that point, you're thinking, okay, this guy's gonna be like. He's an every week starter. I don't have to think about it. Every week RB2, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And my wide receivers were strong coming out of the draft. I figured, you know, I, I thought Galladay was like a risky draft pick. Um, yeah. Turns out to be more true than I thought. Yeah. Um, so Joe offered it. I accepted. First of three, as I said, Erickson offers that I accepted with no counter. Our next trade uh, drew a lot of criticism. I feel like this is kind of a first one that sent major shockwaves when Spencer traded Derek Carr and Hunter Renfro for Josh Jacobs and Chris Godwin to AMAC. Um, for Spencer, Derek Carr and Hunter Renfro were both bench players at the time. Um, Carr being his third quarterback with him rostering Rodgers and Kyler Murray, uh, AMAC. Um I think he he had two quarterbacks. One of them got hurt, or Mac Jones was his second quarterback, and at the time he really wasn't doing great, so he needed a clear upgrade at the RB2 spot. I feel like he overpaid. Um, it also made his team very reliant on the Raiders, rostering Carr, Waller, and Renfro. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hunter Renfro has been incredible. He's like a top 20 wide receiver. I don't think anyone would have expected that out of him. But Carr had like four phenomenal weeks, but has kind of fallen back to what he is. We said at the time, I feel like Spencer's still, Spencer's still the winner of this trade. Even though, you know, Jacobs hasn't been incredible. Chris Godwin has been pretty solid. Um, I don't think anyone's going to disagree here that Spencer is the winner. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Godwin right now is sitting at uh, 10th overall in wide receiver points. Jacobs is 22nd. Yeah, Hunter Renfro's doing pretty well. It just seems like uh, he put all his eggs in one basket on the Raiders, and they've been skidding lately. Yeah, I feel like Spencer should be standing trial along with you two for trade rape. Uh, this <laughs> this next one involves Spencer as well. This one was we can just make this one quick. Spencer traded AJ Dillon to Chris for for Josh Gordon. Uh, this one uh, was when Josh Gordon was like first stayed back. It was like a Monday night. Chris had a player he could drop. Spencer texted Chris saying, "Hey, drop this guy for Josh Gordon, and I'll trade you for him." Obviously, Spencer, if he could go back, he wouldn't make this trade. Josh right. Gordon has done absolutely nothing, and obviously, AJ Green is a valuable piece. AJ Green didn't, or AJ Dillon, sorry. AJ Dillon didn't do much to start the year, but he's really come on down the stretch, even before Aaron Jones got injured, but yeah. um, with the Jones injury. 
Yeah, uh, I do want to say this is my, this is my borderline uh, most lopsided trade. It's borderline. It's not my most lopsided, but it's close. Gordon yeah. this year has scored 2.8 points. And the last four weeks, A.J. Dillon has 11, 25.7, 12.7, 17.5, and he's going to get more with Aaron Jones out. So, um, yeah. Doesn't right, matter, though. Spencer's team's still good. So Yeah. And, you know, Chris Chris isn't going to be in the playoffs, so um, him having A.J. Dillon... Well, he will be in think, the playoffs. I don't think it's going to upset anyone. Just the total bowl playoffs. The total bowl playoffs, yeah. Our next trade was a pretty big one involving uh, Jerry. The first of two trades that Jerry made this year... Um, which I believe are the only two trades he's ever made in fantasy. Uh, he, this was involving myself. He traded Dawson Knox, CeeDee Lamb, and Robert Woods to me for Dak Prescott, Daryl Henderson, and Jarek McKinnon. Um, you know, I liked this deal for me at the time. Obviously, Robert Woods um, tearing his ACL uh, was a bummer for me. CeeDee Lamb has been super solid. Dawson Knox is no longer on my team. Um, Daryl Henderson is no longer on Jerry's team. I don't know. I feel going back to this one, Jerry lost Russell Wilson at the time. He needed another QB. He had to make a trade. You know, I I feel like it was a it was a solid deal for both of us. Was was Knox hurt at the time? No, this was, was that the before he got injured okay. at the game after after he made a trade. Yeah, that seems pretty fair. I mean, those injuries really threw the wild card in it all. But uh, yeah, that that's fair on paper. Yeah, I think on paper it's fair. Uh, but I think maybe. Uh... Honestly, I mean, Daryl Henderson is the 12th ranked running back this year in points. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, fair on paper, but uh, I think with the injuries, it kind of slides. Um, yeah, Jerry direction. won it. For Jerry you know, now. I mean, Daryl Henderson no longer on his team, but, uh, well, but yeah. Turned, turned him into Justin Jefferson, as we'll get into. Yeah. Oh. This next trade, if McCaffrey didn't get injured, would have been the most lopsided trade. Um but now you can't say that though. That's the that's that's the reason why he got him for that price is because of injury. You know, Daniel Jones and Jamal Williams for Christian McCaffrey and Christian Kirk. If I mean this is this is what made Hovey the league favorite before mm-hmm. this last week, uh, trading you know two bench players for Christian the number one running back, uh, and Christian Kirk who's also been pretty solid. Uh, thankfully for the rest of the league and probably for Tristan's. Uh, you know, helping him sleep at night. McCaffrey is not going to be out on the field for the rest of the season, so I'm sure he can sleep a little easier knowing knowing that. Um, I don't think there's much else to say here on this one, and that you know, it's just bad luck for Hobi. It's I mean, it's not only bad luck though. Like Christian McCaffrey clearly has he's clearly injury prone, right? There was some risk involved with that uh, trade, it just didn't work in his yeah. Direction. I feel like the risk involved with the trade is like you didn't know how long he was because he went on IR right. and then they made it. So you knew McCaffrey was going to be out at least three weeks. I feel like the risk that Hobie took was he didn't know how much longer past that it was going to be. It or could if he was going to come back too early, too late. Like were they just going to yeah. hold him? It kind of, I then like, he, yeah. Then he came back after that three week stint, and then it was like, well, fuck, oh, Hobie. Awesome. Yeah. Hobie clearly got the a great deal here. And then it's a different, you know, it's a different injury. It was the ankle this time. The first time it was his hamstring. Then it's the ankle this time. Yeah. Same. Leg. I just, I would, I Same would just leg. like to think that if if Tristan stopped CMC around, he could have gotten a lot more. I don't know that for sure, right? Because it's not like I offered for him, but yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't offer him for where we're all coming from. It was one of those deals where after it was made, you were thinking to yourself. Yeah. Fuck, I, I should have made Tristan an offer. Yeah, I should have right. made Tristan an offer for McCaffrey. Of course. 
this next one also involved myself. Joe traded me, Jimmy G, and Michael Carter for Dawson Knox, who had just broken his hand, Marlon Mack, and Trey Sermon. I feel like this one is obvious that I won the deal. Clear win, yep. Uh, Trey Sermon and Marlon Mack are uh, on waivers. Was this um, when we all thought Marlon Mack was going to get traded? And I think so. That Trey Sermon was a thing. Dawson Knox is obviously he came back. He scored two touchdowns last week. He's a yeah. he's a you know he's a solid tight end to have. Um, but uh, you know, for me, getting Jimmy G is like an extra quarterback. I he had some good weeks when I had to start him. At that point, I Trevor Lawrence is my third quarterback. He's been fucking terrible this year. And Michael Carter, for the couple weeks I had him, were, were those weeks where he started to come on and be good before he got injured. Yeah, it, it does feel like you won the trade, but it feels like looking at the landscape of the league right now, like all these guys are fucking useless. So. Yeah, I mean, Michael Carter, if he was healthy, he'd be in there. Jimmy G yeah. for... Daryl Hodge? Yeah, this is now the Knox for Garoppolo deal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Daryl Hodge, I dropped as soon as... That was just like the throw into the Even deal. Knox, is, isn't having. he injured still? No, he He's came back. back. He, he scored two back. touchdowns last week. Oh, shit. There you go. Uh, our next trade, Connor involving you and Joe. Again, Tua for Javante Williams. You lost a quarterback. James Winston. Who, James Winston went down. You needed another quarterback. Javante Williams. I feel like he, he, you know, he's in a timeshare with Melvin Gordon. I feel like he's like a guy who's... He, I feel like next year he'll be like the breakout running back. But right now, yeah. with Melvin yeah. Gordon's been... They're just splitting carries. Melvin Gordon's been good. Javante Williams has been solid too, but he's not quite like he's not a stud running back. But um, he's obviously a starter for he'd be a starter for pretty much everyone. But you needed that second quarterback, so you had to do it. Yeah, um, had to do it. You know, uh, I think it was a, a fairly fair trade. Like, uh, I, obviously, if you look at the total points, two is going to score more. Uh, but Javante is obviously he's running back. So that increases his value. He had a really good week last week. So I had like 18, 19 points, but typically he scores between like seven and nine, you know, maybe sometimes he gets 11, maybe he gets a touchdown, gets more. Um, it was weird though. It felt like, uh, I was trying to cover up for my, uh, quarterback depth. So I trade away, uh, my running back depth and then Alvin Kamara gets injured and then my team saves. So it's tough. I gotta say, I, I loved the trade from the get-go. Like, I, I just, re- I remember, like, I don't really remember most of these trades coming across, but I remember seeing this one being like, that makes perfect sense. That is, that is about as fair as I can think. And I kind of see it as a prelude to uh, Eric and mine, uh, our trade recently, yeah. involving kind of a shitty quarterback for a uh, running back. An average running back. Pair, but we'll, right. we'll get yeah. there. I will say that uh, I... Typically, when I try to trade people, you know, there's some back and forth. Joe texted me, and I immediately accepted. That's I thought it was a great offer. Felt like uh, I needed a quarterback. Obviously, gave up a running back. It just felt like a really even one. I have this listed as my most even trade. Yeah. Okay. And I feel like I don't remember the exact time on this one. I don't know if this was morning. before or after the Derrick Henry injury. Um, so it might have. I think it was before, but even then, it's like Joe needed. Joe had had Derrick Henry, Saquon, and like no other really great running backs, or and Cordero Patterson. But like his death would be after the Derrick Henry injury. Okay, so after the Derrick Henry injury, thanks, Joe. After the Derrick Henry injury, so he needs another running back to you know help soften the blow of that. And then Connor, you got unlucky that two. I don't think the the game he got hurt like either the game. I had I picked up Jacoby 
when Tua was in, in the beginning of the season, and then Tua came back and was playing, and that's when we made the trade. And that was also a big incentive for me because I already had a legitimate backup. Yeah. Tua has some injury issues, so I can just, okay. I can corner the Miami Dolphins quarterback market, yeah. which everyone is trying to get into. Um, I feel like Tua got hurt like right after you made this trade too. Yeah, I think like two you weeks had, later. Had to set. Yeah. So it kind of softened the blow, but yeah. Uh, this is definitely an even trade. Our next one, two players going back to their original teams. Tyreek Hill goes to Spencer for Joe Mixon and Kadarius Tony. Uh, I got to say, Spencer texted me earlier this week, and he said, if I had a time machine, I would go back in time and slot myself for trading Joe Mixon. <laughs> so we, we mentioned how how good Joe Mixon has been that these last couple weeks. Uh, Spencer is regretting this one. Tyreek Hill, the Chiefs, I mean, the Chiefs have just been kind of they haven't been great. So Tyreek Hill is, has been extremely boomer bust. It's either like he catches two touchdowns or he scores like four points. And uh, Mixon has just been that consistent force. And Spencer is wishing he had him back on his team. Like, you know, Kadarius Stoney's been injured, so Joe hasn't really gotten much out of him. But you, if you if you could if you had to pick a side in this deal, I feel like you're taking Joe because he has Mixon. Yeah. Uh, and me and Joe made another trade where players going back. Michael Carter went back to Joe. Michael Carter and Sterling Shepard. I traded to Joe for Saquon and Kenny Galladay. Saquon was either injured or on bye at the time. This was kind of at the point where Joe Joe needs to win to make the playoffs. He's not going to get in on points, so he needs the wins. And uh, this trade, Michael Carter was healthy at the time, so it gave him a better chance to win that week. And obviously, at that point, you know. I was nine and zero or ten and zero at that point, so I'm in a spot where I can take on the guys who were injured um, because I'm already in the playoffs. Uh, our next trade was again myself, me and Jordan, Aaron Jones for Marquise Brown. This is another one where I'm just taking on an injured player because um, Jordan's in a point where he needs to win. Uh, it just didn't work out for Jordan because the week that I traded a Marquise Brown, he ended up being out with an injury. Um, Aaron Jones came back. He didn't do much. Marquise Brown hasn't didn't do much last week either. I don't know who you would say who won this trade. Um, it's kind of a weird one. On name value, it's uh, you getting Aaron Jones, but it's just it doesn't look like it's going to work out for either of you guys this season. Yeah. Um, our next trade was it's, uh, we know Mason Rudolph for Devontae Booker. Neither player is yep, rostered by either. This is yeah. like a, was a. I had Saquon, Joe had Big Ben, handcuffs to both guys. Uh, I have that listed as my worst trade. <laughs> that is so stupid. Uh, Tristan and Jerry made a pretty big trade. Russell Wilson and Daryl Henderson for Latavius Murray and Justin Jefferson. Um, Russell Wilson has sucked since he came back. Um, Justin Jefferson has been pretty... I, I don't know who you guys... At the time, I said Tristan wanted to trade... I feel like the Seahawks have to be better at some point. I feel like Russell Wilson has got to be a little bit better. So I still want to say Tristan won the trade, but I wouldn't I wouldn't really argue that much if you say Jerry won with getting Jefferson. I feel like uh, Tristan definitely uh, won the trade. Uh, Latavius Murray is useless. So it's basically RB12 and Russell Wilson for Justin Jefferson, who's currently wide receiver five. Um I know they did a little bit of a slow start to the season. He's been booming lately, 
uh, and obviously Russell Wilson's been kind of down. So it's it's closer than it probably should be, but I do feel like um, Tristan won the trade. Shout out Little Bidet Sports. Yeah, I think I got it backwards at the beginning of all of this that I thought that Tristan had ended up with Justin Jefferson. I, you know, I think Justin Jefferson is the best player in the deal, and it might be by more than we think. Uh, if Russell Wilson keeps sucking the rest of the season, if he's just trying to tough out this finger injury, that might just absolutely sink Jerry's season, right? Because you're not going to sit Russell Wilson, have him traded for him. He's at least your second best quarterback. And uh, I mean, time will tell, but it, it could be a sneaky way for Tristan to really fuck over his buddy. Tristan is just who got Russell Wilson. Jerry got rid of him. Oh, well, to reverse everything I just said. <laughs> I mean, Tristan's season's already sunk. That's but, true. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's Tristan, he's, he's obviously uh, established himself as a creative presence in the league, so I'm looking forward to what he does next year. Yeah, but luckily for Tristan, he hasn't been in the league long enough to be groomed, you know? He's one of the guys that we added in who just immediately knew their place. I think that's demeanor-based, and he's obviously proved himself to be very obedient Who's a better Who's a better groomer? Who's a better groomer? Elaine Maxwell or R. Kelly? <laughs> that might be another Whittle Strange episode. I'll, I'll look into it. I'll let you know. This next trade was also another one pointless because this backups for handcuffs to people. Trevor Simeon for Cole McCoy. Uh, that's the worst trade. That. That's that's got to be worse. Like at least Devonte Booker's somewhat relevant. So I have this listed as the best trade. <laughs> I've, I've already told like three people this trade happened just to explain to people how fucking retarded our league is i'm like yeah get a little of this dude yeah they traded colt mccoy for trevor simeon what the hell's I mean, going on and then i always say geno smith went for 120 fab budget this league is insane <laughs> uh so true our next trade involving myself and curtis cam newton for ramondre stevenson this was also another one i just texted to curtis he accepted right away i got i gotta commend you curtis uh, you picked up Cam Newton before, you know, before yeah. the day before the news that he was going to sign with the Panthers came out. I think the news came out that he was just working out for the Panthers. And you were like, I'm going to pick him up. I remember getting the alert on my phone that Cam Newton was signing with the Panthers and like immediately going onto ESPN to try to pick him up and being shocked that he was already owned. So I got to commend you there. I'm telling um, you, the uh, all this Whittle Strange conspiratorial research has really paid off. I got I got my sources. Yeah, Cam Newton was really good the two weeks you had him. You traded him to me. I started him last week. He fucking sucked. Big um, time. Ramondre Stevenson didn't do much, so I'm not like kicking myself over the deal. Right. I mean, Cam's still my quarterback, too. I'm rolling with him. You are. It's better to him than Trevor Lawrence. I mean, my other option is Trevor Lawrence, so not yeah. like I have much to fall back on. Right. Um, so, like, could I have gotten more for Cam? Did I accept too early? I I thought Ramondre mm. Stevenson is the same kind of upside play at a different position. Honestly, yeah. I think I think you maxed out on Cam because yeah. he yeah. played like shit last weekend, and Ramondre didn't score that many points. But also the I know that Bolden got a ton of catches. It's just the the thing with the Patriots running backs is hit or miss, as people say. It's really not. They just game plan for teams and they yeah. try to focus on weaknesses and they exploit that. So depending on every week, if a team's bad at uh, running defense, Ramondre Stevenson is going to be a stud. Yeah. Like, uh, I had Ramondre Stevenson when the Patriots played the Falcons, who was a shitty run defense. They just alternated drives. One drive was Stevenson, one drive was Harris. You just got to hope that the Stevenson drive ends with the touchdown. Is a run-heavy drive. Or, I mean, if Damian Harrison, Harris got injured, right. Ramondre Stevenson would be a 
before. borderline top 10 running back. Mm-hmm. Um, Cam Newton, who knows what's going to happen with him at this point. I feel like he got the best. The week, the week before, I offered you Zach Moss for Cam Newton. And so... <laughs> Oh, and then you then you sweetened the pot with Alex fucking Collins, and I just about lost it with you. So you definitely upgraded from that. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's I feel like it's a trade. Who knows how it's going to end up being for both of us, Eric? Why why um, is it but... when you offer me trades, you never sweeten the pot? You just offer me garbage trades, and then when I say no, you explain to me that I'm dumb and I should go fuck myself. It's grooming. It's the process of grooming, Connor. You don't understand. And then the next game needs to get worn down. Wait, and then and then the next week you're really nice to me, and we don't even talk about it. It's like it's a cycle. Yeah, and then you suck his talk, and then uh, the next. Oh my god! What do you mean, dude? I ripped you on the podcast for how you don't gaslight me, Eric. Curtis fucking ghosts me sometimes, so he can fuck off too. (laughs) The fucking Jerry. But when you make, hey, I'm reverse grooming the groomer. When it's you make when you make bullshit. when you make a good offer, it's I ring bullshit. a little bell and I accept. Yeah, at least yeah. Now every time Eric makes a good offer, his mouth's gonna water. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. See, some people it's not like, yeah, whatever. Fuck you for ghosting <laughs> me. <laughs> Fuck Jerry too. My nemesis. Jerry's Jerry's uh, Jerry's king ghost. Other people in the league just think it's a good idea to do it too. I don't. I don't even know if I have Jerry's right cell phone number. Just every every trade offer I send him is just blank. I might. I might just be texting some rando, or it might just be Jerry ghosting me. I don't know. Uh, Shout out here! Quick challenge to the league: If you feel as though you're getting ghosted by Jerry, uh, go ahead and screenshot your text conversation with him and post it in the Discord. I want to see how many people have been affected. By this serial ghoster. All right, our next trade uh, happened. Uh, we didn't get to talk about it on the last podcast because we didn't have one. It happened after what, when we were recording anyway. Pretty big deal. Uh, Hovey traded Christian Kirk, Zeke, Kendrick Ward, and David Johnson to myself for Saquon, Alex Collins, Jimmy G, and Mike Davis. Uh, Hovey needed a second quarterback last week with uh, Mahomes on by, so he got Jimmy G. Uh, he. Uh, Alex Collins sucks, so I wouldn't even say, you know... Mike Davis sucks. Jimmy Saquon, G sucks. Three, you traded three guys who sucks and a guy who borderline sucks for Ezekiel Elliott, Kendrick Bourne, and Christian Kirk. What Can we talk about how lopsided yeah. this trade yeah, is? We'll talk about this trade, too. I, I, this is my I, most lopsided trade, easily. By far. I, 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 was just, I was trying... My wide receivers, after I lost Robert Woods, I had CD... Uh, Fuck, who do I have? CD, someone, and Kenny Galladay were my three receivers I was rostering after I traded Marquise Brown. Keenan Allen. Uh, so I needed help at receiver. I originally offered Hovey this Jimmy G for like uh, Corey Davis and AJ Green. or Something like that. Because I needed more receivers and he needed a quarterback against Joe this last week. I figured, you no, know, he's in the he's in the running for a buy with Spencer. He could have used that quarterback and those. He has a lot of he had a lot of receivers at the time. Then he's all like, "Oh, let's do something big." So then we started throwing around Zeke and Saquon. Alex Collins is like the starting running back for the Seahawks, but the Seahawks fucking blow. Alex Collins blows. Uh, Jimmy G, he's probably not going to use the rest of the year. I mean, I, Zeke is, has this lingering injury, but he's just playing through it. He scored a, he got lucky to score a touchdown last week. Um, 
he's playing again. They first it sounded like they were gonna hold him out. Now he's playing. I don't know. I I won the deal because I got better at receiver and Zeke is better than Saquon. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you know. I, don't fucking also, tell me you don't know. Yeah. Hovi, I originally offered Zach Moss. This was before Zach Moss was a healthy scratch. He figured out right, he's at least usable. I offered Zach Moss. No one and, figured that. That's why you were shopping him all spot. fucking season yeah. and nobody I would mean, trade for Zach Moss. If I control fine through all my texts, I could find five Zach Mosses. Zach Moss, like trying a four, to trade he him scored to like, over like a five-week stretch, scored like six touchdowns. So he was definitely solid at one point. Now yeah, he's there's a reason no one wanted to trade you for him, though. I don't know why Hobie wanted Mike Davis either. This was after the game where Corda Patterson was injured and Mike Davis still proceeded to score like three points. I was I was debating dropping Mike Davis that week and then yeah. Hobie's like, instead of Zach Moss, how about Mike Davis? And I was like, perfect. I don't think this is the most lopsided deal. I think that's still the Amax Spencer Chris Godwin deal. Uh but I I don't hate it. Saquon has I think a good, there's a lot of garbage here. Saquon has a good schedule down the stretch. Yeah. But if he plays, it's like the Giants. And I think suck. you're discounting how valuable Jimmy G is. Like a consistent 15 to 18 points every week. Like, but now I mean, Hovey, I mean, Hovey has Mahomes and Kirk Cousins, so it's like he's uh, not okay. unless one of those guys got hurt. He's not going to use he's Jimmy not gonna G. Not going to play him. Plus Jimmy Still, G. I'd like that. I don't know. I saw him get cussed out by uh, Shanahan on the bench last weekend. I'm I'm off the Jimmy G train. I mean, I traded for Cam Newton, and I'm thinking I'm not going to need Jimmy G, but now maybe I would need him, but that's why I got my boy Trevor Lawrence. All right, let's let's get to our last trade. Um, Jalen Waddle and Brandon Cooks for Debo Samuel. Trey Sermon's been cut already, so that was just the throw-in. Debo's out one to two weeks, probably. Curtis is thinking, I don't know, Curtis, speaking for you here. You're thinking, I'm going to be in the playoffs, whether it's by record or by points. You're looking pretty good at making it. So yeah. you'll take the risk on, you know, when Debo comes back, he's a top five receiver. You have a lot of depth at receiver also. So I'll give a couple of depth pieces there to get an upgrade. Joe needs to win now. He's playing AMAC this week. Um, he makes himself a bigger favorite over AMAC and then also helps him for his last matchup, his last week matchup of week 14. This trade just makes sense for both guys. Um, it's obviously riskier for Curtis, given, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Debo when he comes back. Yep. But the upside is much higher. Yeah. And, I but think... I mean, Jalen Waddle and Brandon Cooks, they would just be starters for everyone. Yep. Yep. They're good, solid receivers. So yep. it's, you know, got to commend Joe there too. Yep. I think Joe made, I mean, obviously he made the offer that made sense. Um, I was thinking about it earlier in the week. I was like, man, I, I bet Joe is looking to deal Debo. Like he knows he can't compete with me on points four for the sixth seed. He needs to get in the top five. He needs to hold his spot right now, and he's not going to do it with Debo. The I was really like contemplating this offer that he sent for like a good ten or twenty minutes or something, and then I got to my computer, pulled up schedules. Jalen Waddles on bye week fourteen, along with like damn near the rest of my team. And so that was really the realization that pushed me over the edge where I was like, well, I'm not really, I'm giving up on one guaranteed game of Jalen Waddle and no Debo Samuel. And like Cooks, I just figure is a wild card with how shitty the Houston offense is these days. And, uh, you know, maybe Debo comes back next week. You never know. Um, and yeah. at the very least, it seems probable that he's coming back week one of the playoffs. Um, and he's just been an absolute centerpiece of, of his offense. So. Yeah, they're running back wide receiver hybrid. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a little worried that Ayuk's been eaten into the target share in a big way the last few weeks, but... When he's getting carries and, like, right, they're committed getting rushing to get, touchdowns, Nebo, it doesn't even matter. So it's pretty cool to see what they're doing with him. Um, Have you guys watched any of the highlights or, like, watch any of the Niners games? Because Debo's a fucking stud. It's yeah. crazy. They get the ball in his hand. He's big. He's like honestly, he's like Cordell Patterson. He's big yeah, he and is. he's quick, big and fast. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, I, I'm bitter about it a, a little bit because I drafted last year with fairly big auction allocations: Debo Samuel and Cooper Cup. And like, I just feel there's. I mean, there's no such thing as being a year early on a guy. But I was a fucking year early on like two of the best players of 2020. Whether we 2021. Yeah. Uh that that hurts a little bit to to give up Waddle, right? Like Waddle's getting 12 targets a game from Tua. Um and the question is how valuable are, are those going forward, especially with DeVonte Parker coming back. So I'm uh this is a good trade, I think. Like this yeah. is a really intriguing one and I don't know if I'm just saying that cuz I'm involved, but it's a pretty worthwhile gamble for both sides. Yeah, it seems like uh you got the better player. Um but then Joe got some depth. Uh, and so yeah. if your team can afford that, that's always a good trade for, well, I mean, really, it's always a good trade for the guy getting a better player. If he can afford to lose depth. That's and, the thing. I, I don't know if I have the depth to give. We'll find out, baby. Yeah. receiver, I feel like he did, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, well, obviously we'll see, you know, Joe's in a spot. He has to win this week. There's no, yeah. no way around it. If he, if he is going to be in the playoffs, he, he needs to win. And this trade gives him a far better shot at winning this week. So totally understand on his end yep. and totally yep. understand for Curtis. Yep. Um, but that was all the trades. That was the last trade for uh, today's. That was deadline. 35 minutes worth of trade discussion. Do you think that anyone's actually listening at this point? No, I was going to say, we should just skip all the other stuff we have. We wanted to talk about the kind of the playoff picture here. Uh, these last couple weeks. I know Curtis, you did a little uh, research on this one. So why don't you uh, break it down on for us? I did. Let me, uh, fuck. I think I've collapsed my tab here. Give me one moment. So I went through the, I'm not going to go through like regular season, um, like standings where we are right now, but just taking the, um, basically the contenders that is for the playoffs, not the toilet bowl. Sorry to break it to all you groomers out there. Um, but going through remaining two weeks schedule um, and just kind of going through that kind of hypotheticals, right? So we've got obviously Eric at the top, Eric's p- playing, um connor and jerry which in my opinion is the easiest rest of, rest of season schedule of the top six or seven i'm going to include jerry in here i think he's seventh maybe uh, depends on uh who's playing me uh week 14 they also might have the other top because i have uh 13 and 14 i have quarterback buys that would be hobie yeah. hobie's so, playing you week 14 who's he playing this week uh, he's oh yeah, he's playing Tristan. So he's no, got so the he's Olympus got the easiest Dicks, one. There we go. Olympus Dick schedule of them all. Um, <laughs> so Eric, Eric's like main threat the, here is yeah. Hobie. That's the, that's the dynamic to watch. Mm-hmm. If I win, if I win either of my last two games, I'm the number one seed. Yep. It's likely I'll win this week and lock it up. A large favorite over Connor, given Tannehill's on by. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm actively rooting for Hobie here. I want as the number six seed for Hovey to take number one, so I can trash Eric's garbage ass team in the in the second round of the playoffs. Yeah, there's a chance that uh, Curtis's team, Hovey's team, and Spencer's team could all uh, be on the same side of the bracket. 
Yeah. And that would be the opposite of it. That is strongly what I am rooting for at this point. Um, <laughs> and I'm strongly rooting for Joe's team to make the five, be the four seed, the five seed. Yeah, um, I didn't really do that math uh, in advance when I traded with Joe. And I kind of, for whatever reason, I had in my mind that the number one seed would play the winner of the three and the six, because the six would be theoretically the worst. But of course, we've switched all that up. And uh, and so I was like, well, fuck, I can get Joe into the playoffs to like really fuck with things. And then I could still end up playing Eric and cement my case against Eric's garbage ass number one seed. And it's not the case. So now I'm just re- actively rooting against Eric. And I'm going to I'm yeah. I'm I'm do that every week. Samuel one way or the other. The, the, I think the biggest fan of your trade was Ben because mm-hmm. it, it hurts your team this week. Obviously, you guys are playing each yep. other. Um, ben at seven and five, um, fourth in record, you know, fourth in playoff uh, points scored. He if can he were to lose, he plays if, me and then Jordan. So yeah, if, not if, he easy to, schedule. if he were to lose to you this week and Joe were to win, yeah, um, he would be in a spot where he would you know be out of the playoff picture um, based on points. He would be in you know vying for that sixth spot, the point scored spot. So, um, Curtis or Jordan and Jerry, I think are, were not fans of the trade you made with Joe because, right. um, it kind of puts you more in line for, to get the point spot. And, uh, Jerry and Jordan are both guys who are probably going to have to get it on points over record. Well, actually, I don't think it, I think it hurts my chances for the points spot. If I keep two guaranteed starters for week 13 and then cooks for week 14, I think it improves my chances of, of getting the point spot. Well, this right. week, it, this week you went from probably a you know a clear favorite over Ben, a favorite over Ben to an underdog, mm-hmm. and yep. so you're gonna, you know, maybe take a loss this week. You would still be sitting in that sixth spot that you're in now. Yeah, and Ben would stay in the record spot. Um, yeah. So I do think uh, it keeps you more in line for number six over number five. Yeah. So I've got 85 points over Jerry. Yeah. And 90 ish over. Jordan. So, so quite a deficit for them to is, make up. It is yep. pretty pretty big tall order for them to to get me there. I do think uh, it's yeah. interesting we're talking about uh the teams that are going to be the projected bracket, but I think what's uh, what I'll be watching this weekend is Jordan and Jerry's team to be honest because uh both of them want Curtis to get in on wins. Yeah. Um and if right. that's possible, if Jordan, if, if Curtis, if you get in on wins and Jordan uh, gets more than 15 points, sorry, scores more than 15 points more than Ben over the next two weeks, he'll grab a, a playoff spot, which is pretty close. Mm. Yeah, um, which, is, which is crazy because it seemed like, you know, Ben was like yeah. a lock for the playoffs. Yeah. Now, you know, pre, pre-Curtis trade was not looking great. Pre-post the last trade, it's looking, you know, Ben... Ben has got to be happy about the deal again, but it's still really up in the air, his playoff status at this point. Well, and you know who plays each other in week 14? It's the Hazari brothers. Yeah. So brothers Hazari. Nice. Ben, you know, Ben, two Lepers huge right. matchups. He plays Curtis this week. That's I would say that's the game of the week. And then that last week, him and Jordan taking on each other is also a, a massive matchup, not just in Hazari bro lore, but in playoff, uh, playoff, uh, playoff standing. Yeah, I, I want to know more about Hazari Bro lore. There needs to be uh, some anals of Hazari Bro lore. Who would dedicated. be the historian on the Hazari Bro's lore? Would that be T? Probably T. Oh, Let's get yeah. T on the pod. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> uh, what else we got? 
I think how's, uh, uh, we, got, how's, we should talk about Jerry. Our, how's Connor's playoff projection looking? Negative. I'm not making the playoffs. Thanks for bringing that up. Has ESPN quantified that? I haven't checked that uh, in a while. ES, so the thing is, also ESPN doesn't have the whole points thing down, which doesn't matter. Right. Um, uh, they got Connor. Don't, don't worry about chance. that, Connor. Yeah, don't, I'm not worried. Yeah. One nah, percent, yeah. Connor. How do you feel about that? Uh, it's uh, probably inaccurate. Should be zero. Um, I actually put the teams into little uh, rankings or tiers uh, based on their playoff projection. Uh, for locked, I have Eric. For optimistic, wow. I have Spencer Hovey Curtis. For bubble, I have Ben and Joe. For tough climb, I have Jordan and Jerry. They need a little bit of help, but they can still get in. Let's keep in mind Jordan's sixth in points, Jerry's fifth in points. Mm-hmm. Um, and Only then, barely five points separate them. And then in uh, out of contention, I have Chris, Trish, and Amac and myself. Uh, unfortunately, when I uh, gathered the podcast together for a prayer, um, I, there were five games left in the season, and I had a pretty sweet schedule of Joe, Tristan, Chris, and I knew I needed to win all three because I have some quarterback buys, 13 and 14, and I lost all three. So my fucking – I'm at zero. So uh, shout out Toilet Bowl 2021. It's going to be lit. Curtis, what it uh, total uh, potential last place punishment ideas? What do you you got anything on on cooking on the burner? Yeah, let's say let's right say now? let's pretend I lose out. Maybe that'll help the help you think of something. I mean, Connor, yeah. you already, you've already it's already been discussed. Connor got off easy the first time, and he executed horribly. So, okay, Connor first... made up for it in a big way with the uh, the live in person humiliation. Um, and, I, and I, yeah, dude, we talking about not only that, dude, I had, I have so many people in my life that are like old who thought that was my legitimate Instagram and didn't know I had a real one. Like I had, I had at least two or three aunts and uncles. I had like a family friend who I hike with all the time. They thought that was like my legitimate account. I fucking trolled around downtown Vancouver, Washington with a goddamn little black hat on doing fake magic tricks for people. And oh, dude, I, why, why is and, it, I got to well, I got to ca- uh, shout out the, the hats race, dude. And I was able to complete the 12 uh, Instagram posts in the allotted time per the request. I, I mean, honestly, yeah, it was the first. It obviously, a little bit of squirts, hard to beat. But I don't. I, I think I'm getting a bad rep here. I think it was solid. And that, that yeah, Instagram still exists. If huh. you're power ranking execution of the last place punishments, the diss tracks, I feel like, Sorry, Chris. They'd be number, number one. one. No, it's a clear number. Whittle one. Strange, clear number two. You're last. Yeah, I get dinged on timing though because I did not execute it. Prior How many Whittle Stranges have we had, Curtis? Uh, I think the tally's up to six now. That is not. Uh, there's four. Listen, no, if you listen through, there's four. That was uh, this was five. So yeah, the, all right. Let's count. Miles Sanders. There's at the one bar. in the books, dude. There's one in the bar. Miles Sanders. Yeah. Rudy. Barber. Oh, fuck. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, there's one in the book, so it's five. It's going to be five. Okay, so four right now, though. And what week is it? Week 13? Week And there's been four. And and I'm third place on execution. Let me me say my case here. Are you kidding me? These things take me, like, a good three hours at least to yeah, both execute and edit shithole pictures and fucking pressing a exactly. button and posting and I, but i got mine done before the season i mean there was like eight months of downtime it's a different level of nonsense i gotta I say. say i feel like the yeah hey the pod- i think the whittle strange has been fantastic i'm not trying to trash that at all i think they're fucking hilarious uh but when eric throws shade at me i'm sorry I can't I help myself and i appreciate it you suck uh <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I feel like, you know, we're all we're all about this idea of like, oh, when it's incorporated with the podcast, it's cooler. Dude, fuck that shit. We should just make it whatever the best idea is, regardless if podcast oriented or not. Agreed. Agreed. Needs to be the punishment. Yeah. Well, it's because Tristan's was so fucking solid, you know? I know. Yeah. It's hard to live up idea. to. That was, that was like my number one disappointment in losing the toilet bowl last year is I knew I had to follow up on that fucking class act mm-hmm. of a last place punishment. That and, fucker. Uh, he but really that, ruined it for And he's for funny on Discord. Us. I fucking hate that guy. I know. But back to your other question, do you, do you have any... <laughs> Let's say that Connor's finishes last. Do you have any ideas? Uh, I think I mentioned an uh, an OnlyFans earlier in the in the podcast. I think we can we can make this you know both punishing, uh, socially humiliating, and, and profitable and pleasurable. Exactly, recoup Eric's RSS feed, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. what what better fucking cause is there? Then, uh, you know, Eric, who's trying to fucking sell packs of Pokemon cards out of his fucking basement for a dollar. And, uh, you know, also see Connor's hairy butthole. I think an OnlyFans would be excellent, and it'd have to be, I think we should, a possible idea, um, would be focusing on, like, a really niche uh, sexual pleasure, you know? Uh, Like, uh, gay guys attracted to hairy lower backs. Like, if we target that group, I think not only could we uh, improve the lives of many gay people, possibly Aaron Rodgers, but also make some money. I think it should be lewd content, though, because I don't think anyone wants to see anything too personal. No, I don't want lewd. I don't want to see someone's dick. Come on, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not like... It's not the lewd, it's suggest- lewd. Like, maybe oh, you'll have, like, a thong on or something. So you mean lewd as in not... Lewd? I thought lewd meant like yeah, sexual balls deep. What does lewd mean? I don't know. It's yes. like uh, we get someone to look that up. Do we have a yeah. intern here? Where's our Joe? Intern? Joe, where are you at? <laughs> Joe, can we get a definition of lewd? <laughs> While we wait on that, yeah, I don't know. I feel like uh... oh, I have one actually. Um, lewds are a synthetic barbiturate-like central nervous system depressant and popular recreational drug. Not Quaaludes, dude. <laughs> Shout out to Chris. He's probably done. Shout out, to Chris. <laughs> Yo, All fuck right, you, Chris. Coming on the Discord Intern. saying, like, oh, where's Eric talking now? Like, I talk shit about our matchup. Motherfucker, you have two wins. What the fuck are you talking for? You beat me one game, and now you think dude, you're some fucking And damn near more score? points than you have. That's all. I, that's I think all I think I think you type more letters than your team scored after that. And everyone's like, oh, Eric's triggered. I I said, like, three fucking things, and then, you know, no one has any fucking respect for me. I'm paying for the RSS feed, $100 <laughs> out of my own pocket to fucking keep this league alive. Fuck you guys. I, uh, I do think it's really funny that, uh, like, classic guys, it's like... You say something mean to someone, and they say something back, and you're like, "Whoa, you fucking triggered!" And then, like the only thing you can do is just not fucking talk. It's yeah, just it's, hilarious. It's, it's a total liberal cuck move, which is you know this is par for the course for Chris. Just a fucking hanging out with homeless rats in San Diego. Definition of lewd is crude and offensive in a sexual way. I'll show you something fucking crude <laughs> and offensive. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> Appreciate it. There's a reason we don't pay him. <laughs> All right, we got anything else? I can't, I can't top any of that. Anything uh, crude and offensive? 
fucking whip out my nuts if he wants to see something crude and offensive. Connor can record that and put it on Discord. See who's triggered. Uh, meme bat, Tristan. Meme pussies it. who won't fucking raw dog. Won't go and raw dog like me and Kurt is fucking real, man. This is why America, this is why inflation is fucking happening. Because we fucking voted for Biden. Trump 2024. Jordan and I, we've, we've reached him. Jordan, good job, buddy. We broke you know, through. I, I bet when Jordan fucking hooked up with Abby Larson, it was raw dog. Nah, <laughs> no, no, no. No, I think he, counter, he definitely came out. He definitely he de- he pulled out. He pulled sure. out, dude. Came, yeah. came out. Came out. <laughs> sorry, I'm I'm, I'm thinking about Aaron Rodgers again. I'm sorry. He is he is a virgin. Yeah, he doesn't know the the nomenclature yet. We'll, we'll help you, Connor. <laughs> you gotta call Eric Daddy though, as he's grooming you for for fertility. <laughs> they call me Elaine. <laughs> anything else? Anything else for the fucking? Two people still listening? Joe? There's no way there's two people listening. <laughs> Joe's still listening. You want to get anything for him? Oh, I got something. If Joe, Joe, you have anything? All right. Uh, I got something. Uh, hey, congratulations, guys. This is our 50th podcast. Wow. Let's go. We made it to um, 50. How many downloads, total downloads, do we have? Uh, I'm going to guess it's over 1,000. It's pretty impressive. Uh, Eric, how much does this cost you per episode? Ooh. That's a good question. We've been doing the podcast, what, three years? I think so. Let me break out my calculator on the computer here. Uh, you know, I was a communications ma- major, not math. 300 uh, divided by 50 is $6, is $6 a podcast, Eric. Yeah. Wow. So I'm, you know, just right now, it, fucking what have we been going Damn. for? An hour? Over an hour? Again? You're on the clock, I dude. I don't, know, I don't know how we do it. It's like uh, a minimum wage for you, except you're paying the minimum wage. Yeah. Why basically six, six cents a minute. Uh, quick question for you guys. What Xi Jinping is fucking paying? Uh, let's guess all-time downloads. Let's guess. Anyone have a guess for all-time downloads? Let's see if you can get the closest. I got to pull it up right here. Again, 1,326. Okay. You doing Price is Right style? Nope. No. Because that went first. So fucking be 1, a man. 1,100. 1,200. So obviously... But I'm still con- confused as to how these downloads get counted because it seems like people are double downloading because there's no fucking way anybody but 12 and like i don't listen to that podcast that i'm on nobody else would right like do you guys download the episode no No, dude are you kidding the only one i've ever listened to is when connor and chris did the one this year because i was we know amac's not listening we know chris isn't listening so we're down to eight people listening to this max Times well, Connor 50. has like should be 400 downloads. No, no. Once we got off iTunes, all the extra people I brought in don't listen anymore. I think Eric, look, because we have 1351. Wow. So that's actually pretty good. That's like so that, so that means that's like, on average we're getting 27 downloads yeah. per podcast. Which we I don't do know. need a sponsor. Well, we yeah. used to be in the 40s a couple times and 50s when we uh, were on iTunes. Lately, though, we've been hovering around 8 to 10. Huh. I wonder why that is. <laughs> the Russian bots aren't downloading anymore. Yeah. Uh, just to give everyone some insight, uh, uh, let's see. The dashboard is telling me that in terms of downloads, we are down 67% over the last 14 days. So I'm paying $6 an episode for you fucks to not listen. It's fucking bullshit. We should probably wrap this shit up, man. We're getting, we're approaching well, an hour and twenty. Either, Eric. <laughs> What'd you say? 
No, so fuck you, Joe. Clear that either. Yeah, I don't care. It's in it's in the, the ethers, the non iTunes ethers. It's in the annals of the EEIG podcast. Yeah, you'd know, right. Joe. Yeah, no one for that, no toe expert, Joe Erickson. Uh, but uh, Curtis, thank you for coming on, man. Appreciate of course. it. Uh, we're also queuing up Little Strange episode five recorded. I mean, if this is going to get confusing because uh, recorded in intent to be episode number four, in which I speak about my uh, resounding victory over AMAC and get on into um, polling a renowned local medical expert. Um, on his opinions of, um, you know, basically COVID-19 and its origins and uh, conspiracy theories surrounding that. All right. So, you know, we ended last year's podcast with the uh, diss track. So I, in paying, paying homage, shout out Tristan, paying homage to you as we end this one with a little, a Widow Strange episode five, supposed to be episode four. Do the screen share, Connor, so we can hear it. I'm sorry. Can you share your screen? I don't know if you're playing it. Can you share your screen so we can playing listen to what? It? We're gonna play the other episode from Curtis. I bet he's just gonna splice it in after. Did, did you? You didn't send it to me. Oh, it's uh. He sent us a Discord message with it. I think. No, that was just the track. I can't send it oh. over Discord because the file size is too oh. big. So I okay, just we will post. We will post a or yeah, a little strange. I'll put it. I'll, I'll add it in post. Somewhere. But if you can, you email it to me. <laughs> yeah. Alright, I'm I'm gonna put it in uh, right now. Aaron Rodgers' stunning and brave admissions last interview resonated with me. He claimed that the media had repeatedly misrepresented his statements on both his vaccination status and his love of Big Hard Johnson. Philly Mike's claims against Jerry Jones' media conglomerate Rudy's history lesson on Rockefeller's manipulation of the popular narrative for his own mercantile incentives both echoed as I planned my next angle. Watching my team slap the shit out of AMAC's sorry excuse of a squad on Sunday, I got to roster bathing. My team is sick! I exclaimed with excitement only matched by Jordan at a Kyle Rittenhouse photo op. Sick! Sick. The exclamation has lost its luster in the wake of COVID, and there could be only one institution to blame. With righteous indignation and the utmost journalistic integrity, I sought out the most knowledgeable self-taught virologist and medical semi-professional I knew, Michael, the refinery's chief security officer and certified EMT. And he says, the way we do it is with eggs, right? That's old school, been doing it since the 40s. Polio, that kind of stuff. The way they manufacture mm -hmm. vaccines. And he says if right. everything goes good and everything goes well for trials, uh -huh. 10 years. Okay. Except when you're invested in Pfizer, right? then it's six oh, months. Got it. Yeah. Really? There's incentives. I know, but again, we don't care. We don't really care about the people. What What are we pushing for? That's the thing, right? For so profit. If it, ultimately, that's what control. I think. I think it's a money grab. But isn't there a chance that it's not a money grab? And that it's actually about restricting people's movement. Could be. Like, why else? Why? Why is uh, airfare the sticking point, right? Like, why is that the one semi-private industry where vaccine status is like so stressed? Why is yeah right? I mean, yeah. it's I hesitate to call it a private industry because 
air, airlines have been bailed out by the government multiple times now, and they're essentially, you know, socialized, nationalized. Nationalized. So nationalized. Nationalized. Internationalized? No, just nationalized. Hmm. So what are all the precursors then that you were rattling off there? So, okay. Johns, Johns. Johns. I don't know, because it's Johns. it's a plural first name. Johns Hopkins. <laughs> all of the Johns in the they Hopkins do family. Yeah. Tabletop exercises. Okay. For high level strategic decisions, right? Okay. Kind of like we when we do a tabletop, right? Yeah. yeah. For oil spill. Yeah. In two thousand one. Yeah. They did one called Dark Winter, and that portrays a covert smallpox attacks on the U.S. Okay. Okay. And smallpox is pretty deadly. Right? Yeah. 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 All right, but it's okay. so it's it's this thing, right? It's a, it's yeah. a covert yeah. operation. People yeah. sneak in with the they're, chemical. They're and, and, yeah. All right, two thousand five. Yeah. They did one called Atlantic Storm, and it was a fictitious scenario. How transatlantic leaders would be forced, and there's you know how they would forced to respond to a bioterrorist attack, non-specific. Okay, 2018, clade X or 10 because it's a Roman numeral. Okay. I don't know if they meant X or 10. Okay, this one is uh, again high-level strategic decisions in the U.S. and the world to diminish the consequences of a severe pandemic, undisclosed. Okay. The one that really gets you uh-huh. is Event 201, October of 2019. You start finding videos on this, and it's and it's actually novel. No, no, what is it? Novel COVID. Novel. Yeah. Novel COVID virus. Mm-hmm. They actually specifically say that the family Fauci. of. Yep. And what virus. if it was? What if it was in China? Escaped the lab in China. I'm like, whoa. This is the exact thing they're table topping for. Yeah. And is Fauci involved in these Johns Hopkins uh, At least this one events? is, because Bill Neth just sent me the mm-hmm. the clip, so. What the fuck? From getting out of the tried and true egg growing, which we know gives us results that can be, you know, beneficial. I mean, we've done well with that. To something that has to be much better. Uh, you have to prove that this works, and then you've got to go through all of the clinical trials, phase uh-huh. ones, phase twos, phase three, and then show that this particular product is going to be good over a period of years. That alone, if it works perfectly, is going to take a decade. There might be a need, <laughs> or even a call. Change that tune. When was that video from? That's the 2019. That's the. That's at the actual yep. tabletop. Yep, yep. Oh, dude. How? Uh, that's fishy. I guess. I still don't understand how uh, they're table topping for the exact event that occurred. Yeah, you have to. Then you have to that sift seems... through the links mm-hmm. and go to eventual one, and then you have to sift through the. Like, there's a meeting. Do they provide all of the like meeting minutes and agendas and all that shit? Or so they say. They they got five <laughs> segments. Uh huh. Oh wait, here's a highlight. Wow, let me see intro. Trade and travel, finance, communications, hot wash, and conclusion. Let's hot wash. We know the hot wash. We do, don't we? Wait all day for the hot wash. Oh crap! It's forty-one minutes. Yeah, let's not do that. Don't care that much. Was catastrophic, and as 
Feels like they want it to be a pandemic so fucking bad. Right? I think now it's so far out of control. What, the virus or the response to the it? The response and everything. That now they, they who's going to say, yeah, Can't my bad? Down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Fauci comes out and says, I screwed up. Yeah. Well, he's getting a cap. Yeah. Someone's going to take him out. Well, but everyone thought that about, like, Donald Trump, right? These people, yeah. they don't get touched. Yeah. Let me see. Uh, Fauci might go. Fauci upsets me dude, to no end, dude. Mm-hmm. Biden, this, the whole thing. Righteousness. Oh, my goodness, dude. Yeah, I wish uh, I had a better clip on that. That'll work. Oh, did you record it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna be internet famous among me and my 11 friends. That's cool, from, dude. <laughs> from okay. high school. <laughs> yeah, I'm just tripping. I wish I could... Yeah, I gotta do... I should do a whole series on uh, on COVID. But a lot of my friends are those crying liberals we talked about. In which case, I might not be super popular, but... Fuck it. All right. Wow, that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> Holy shit. Great job, I, Curtis. I can't believe you found that guy. Dude, like COVID-19 blows my mind. Uh, Connor, any last words for the listeners? Uh, I'm going to give a quick shout-out uh, to the bottom barrels of the league. Uh, those You may have been groomed, um, but I want you to know that you're not alone. That's uh, me, Amac, Tristan, and Chris, Hank Strong Brothers. Um, toilet bowl is upon us and i personally think that's way more interesting than fucking who wins who gives a shit to be honest seriously all right that does it for this week's podcast we'll uh catch you guys next week